And welcome everyone to the Wood from the Trees with myself, David Cuddy, and my sister Martina, my sister Linda, my sister Sharon, and my sister Elizabeth. After I done the one with the lads, all the women were there. Have you not got sisters? What's the story with the sisters? We need to have the sisters on. So I was able to get all the sisters on, but we're sharing a mic, me and, Ma- me and Sharon. We are, David. <laughs> Sharon doesn't share well. <laughs> I know, she doesn't. She's <laughs> always been really bad to share, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so I suppose I want to let everyone know who you are. You're my older sisters. And who's the oldest sister? I'm the oldest. That's Elizabeth. I'm and next. Then there's Martina. Then Linda. And then? The baby that doesn't the share. the girl, Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. So when you were younger, growing up in our house, we obviously weren't born, me, Dara, Greg. You were living in a different house. It was up the what we called the old house. So what are, I'll start with you, Martina. What was your earliest memories when you were younger? Okay, I suppose Daddy had the lorry when we were small. And my earliest memories would be him coming home every evening and bringing us skittles and banjos. It's a banjo. <laughs> banjo was a bar that's gone off to market, the chocolate bar. And he used to bring every one of us home something every evening and mammy a bag of Scots clams. That was every evening? Most every evening, evening. Most yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. There was eight of us then, so it was four in banjos the, the and four skittles. Yeah. In the old house, yeah. What was it like back then? It was lovely. We had great fun. And he used to have a, a horn on his lorry. And he'd put it on at the end of the lane. Now, at the end of the bottom of our lane. And, the, and he'd put it on and then we'd all know he was coming. And we'd all run out and we'd wait for her skittles and her banjo. <laughs> Jeez, the teeth must have been rotting out of your head <laughs> by the time you... No, we used to brush our teeth, David. Oh, did you? Yeah. Do you remember it the same way, Elizabeth? I do, yeah. Um, it was a very busy house now. Very, very busy house because I suppose there was eight kids, two bedrooms mm. and a kitchen, you know. That was so a small it was a house. Very, yeah, it was a very, very busy house. We all lived very We cozily. lived happily, though, there. <laughs> yeah, and cosily. <laughs> and can you remember all that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What age would, say, Elizabeth, you were the oldest, what age would you have been when we moved out of that house? Well, you were born when we moved into the new house, and I was 17. So you, you lived most of your... I lived till I was nearly 17 in that house, yeah. Jeez. And reared you then. You did. <laughs> Change your nappies, David. I think so in, nappies, in all yeah. families, the first half siblings, in big families. Yeah, but back then you wouldn't have thought it was a big family because every one of our cousins and everyone had big families. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, we lived next door to Daddy's home place where Mammy's sister and Daddy's brother were married down there, and they had five kids. And I suppose we used to walk down the fields nearly every day, and we'd meet in the middle. We'd play outside. There was eight of us and there was five of them. So we had more people to play in than we would have had in school. Yeah. Rolling down the hills and doing simple things. Mm. Yeah. And did you have to do any farm work? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right, we'll break that up because you all <laughs> said that one time. Start with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, your typical day. My typical day. Well, we'd have to do um, feed pigs, milk a cow every day. We'd have to get water from the well. Yeah. Bring that up. Well, there's no, no running water in the house. There's no, no running water in the house. No, I remember that. bring buckets of water from the well. Yeah. yeah, you know, and there was a barrel outside as well that was catching the water to rainwater. You know, rain rainwater. Yeah. So, no, it was tough enough going. Now, that was you know, your but day. it was pardon. That was your day. 
Well, it wasn't always my day, but Sean used to do it as well. Sean and myself used to do the jobs up at the at the in the back, like in where the shed was and all that. But you see, we were a nice little bit older than the rest of us. You know, the rest, yeah. You know, like just two years between myself and Martina. I got away with murder. Martina got away with a little bit less. You did nothing. Not until I moved down to the new house, then I was killed. (laughs) (laughs) She took over when I left. (laughs) And what was your typical day, man? I didn't do much outside. I used to follow everybody around. I used to bring in turf. That was my job. Linda? I used to bring water up from the well and maybe mine the chaps. You know, like if you were there, you'd have one or two there that you'd have with you. That's it. You were too small, Sharon. You, you we used to mind her. I don't remember a lot of them things. Yeah. Sharon used oh to keep yeah, running away. Lorry. Yeah, yeah. I remember the blowing the horn in the lorry and we running down to me and down the lane, but I don't remember. Because Greg was small at that time. Yeah, he was. Do you know? So I don't. And Barry. Yeah. They were just babies. Yeah. Mm. But we used to go out at night time and we'd all go out in the dark and we'd be playing outside in the field and we'd make jumps and we'd play out of anything and there was a tire with a big tree out the back and we'd be climbing trees all the time. I mean, what we used to do, you wouldn't let your kids do now. No. Walking and walls. And we'd be gone yeah. and we'd be out. Do you know what I mean? Like, so we'd just be gone. We'd come back in when we were hungry. So when I was born, you moved into yeah. the new the house. The new house, yeah. the big house. Yeah. yeah. And then there was, was Garrett there? No, a year He was later. just born. He was after you. A year later. Yeah. Only a year later, yeah. And when we were younger, me and Garrett and Greg, we, we can always been... You were very bold. We always remember being minded by all you. Yeah. There was always so many in our house. Like, it was busy. And when you used to get sent to bed, the house was always busy. Yeah. There was always yeah. people calling and always people up. There was. Yeah. It was a busy house. Everybody used to come to visit us. <laughs> you were in a band. We were. We sang with Sean. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of well, all, we started with a ballad group. We had a ballad group. There was myself, there was Sean Michael, Elizabeth, Martina, Linda, myself and Fiona. Mm. And we sang in the ballad group for years. And then Sean Michael went pro, well, then ye went, the three of ye, and then Sean Michael went pro then. But how we made the money for for Sean to start pro was every every year we used to go on the RAN and Daddy would load us all up in the car and he would drive us to Kildare, to all the pubs, Port Harrington on Stephen's Day and we would sing and we'd make money. And then we'd end up in cameras and cool rain at the end of the night. And we'd make loads of money down there. And that's how we started up to buy his speakers and We got five pound each and Michael got the rest. <laughs> <laughs> to buy his speakers and mics. Sean was always a very clever businessman. And how did you get into singing? Who, who was the... Sean. Sean got well, first of all, Mammy, oh, Mammy and Daddy always listened to music when we were small. And living in the old house, we had a record player up there. And... Uh, lots and lots of records. And Mammy used to sing a lot to us when we were small as well. So we always started to sing. You know, we sang from a very she early age. She when does we were, sing. When we used to go away, we'd, we'd all load up in the car and we'd go off with Mammy and Daddy and we'd go into Ross Grey after dinner for ice cream. And we'd sit outside the gem in Mount Rat or Mullally's outside in Ross Grey. And we'd sit and eat ice cream. But we'd always sing in the car when we mm. were driving along. We'd do Three Blind Mice, Fairy Jacket. <laughs> do you know what? Like, we just always done that. Do you remember going to Mass on a Sunday? Singing hymns. singing our hymns going down <laughs> in the car practicing. Yeah, true. But then Sean started the band. Myself and Elizabeth went out with him for a few years. Mm. And he went professional then. And he we weren't good enough, obviously, for him. But you then prob- You probably didn't want to. I didn't want to. Mm. I, I was in school. I was doing my leaving start. And... I didn't want to be out Friday, Saturday and Sunday night singing and I was going out with John at the time as well. 
and sure you really didn't have much of a life at that age it was the last thing you wanted to do when, when me and Gara were young we used to wait until you come home from school and you were in Mount Dra yeah and you had these big duffel coats that's we'd right wait until you came home we'd raid the pockets for sweets because <laughs> they were getting to Mount Dra I don't think mammy and daddy brought us to town until we were 12 <laughs> you were too you're wild, too wild. Yeah. you couldn't be took anywhere you were lunatics Sharon was so hard on us when we were younger. She was. She was tough. You weren't simple there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember climbing out to the hatch in the kitchen when it used to be there. And you'd climb out to the windows and you'd take Mammy, Mammy Scott's cans and you, you could find it, you could follow you down the field by a trail of the empty sweet papers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember I brought the hurl? No, the brush hand. The brush hand yeah. of you. Yeah. And then another, about a few weeks after, I went up again up the stairs and you met me at the top of the stairs with a shoe. <laughs> and he was going to kill me with it. And I turned around and ran back out the door. That was the last time I hit you. That was Greg. <laughs> it was you. It was Greg. It wasn't me. I wouldn't hit a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a girl. I'm your sister. <laughs> um, the, uh, when you were in school, you cannot, were you... You all stayed in one room when that's what I can remember. It was in the, the new room. house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was you, yeah, Linda. You were all together. We were, and um, you all were in school around the same time. But you must have been left earlier. You were, Elizabeth. You were working in Kilkenny, or you left? Oh, well I did. No, I stayed at home for a while. Did you? Yeah, and then I went back and I did a commercial course in Mount Rath in the convent, and then I got a job in Kilkenny in Great West Life. It's now the BHI. So I can't remember now whether I left that and then went to Ratdowney to work in Mansfield. Mansfields. Yeah, that's what you did. Yeah. Which, were yeah. you working before Martina? Um, I don't think so. No, I was working I don't first. think so, where yeah. I think Martina you, when was. When you yeah. left school? I left school. I was only just 17 and I went off and did a secretarial course and I went where I went for my work experience, I went straight to work after that in insurance. And... I moved from there to Mansfields again, yeah, like Elizabeth. Yeah. And then I went to Axon. I was there for 15 years. Mm. And then I started off my own business. We'll get to that. Yeah. And you, Linda? Well, <coughs> my first job, I finished uh, school, but I didn't do a great job because I was busy <laughs> mitching <laughs> and driving. I'd use the tum on the road, myself <laughs> and my sister, Sharon. And we used to, we got a lift one day. I'll tell you now a story. We went over to Fiona, my first cousin, that used to train the band with us. We decided that she wanted to go down and put her name down for a job in um, Benamore, which is a restaurant outside Ross Grey, right? And we were went over, Sharon and Paul, and went on, on up to Dublin. We used to drive up, we used to tum up to Dublin and then cross the road and come back down. Safety first. And we'd be back by the time the bus was coming, going home, right? We always went with lorry drivers. We always went with lorry drivers, but <laughs> we met tra Sharon Transport, right? Because... We were coming, we were coming back out of Ross Grey and you know that big hill there where Anne McCoy's mother and father used to yeah. live? And I said to Fiona, we'll walk out to Benamore. We won't tum anyone. And she says, no, no, it's too far. So this lorry pulled up on the hill for us, a yellow lorry. And we opened up the door, got in, said hello, how are you, whatever. And next thing anyway, we were just picking up speed and he was just going down the hill and I said, you can let off here. <laughs> and he, he looked at us and he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, you can lay us off here. And he just looked at us and he opened, stopped, lay us out, and that was it. So went on up to Dublin with another lorry driver. We'd always tum lorries because lorries were safer because they're big lorries. You're far away from them. And they were always very nice. All the lorry drivers were fierce nice. Can I just, what age were you at this time? Too I young. Was, we were in, I'd say, maybe second, third year in school <laughs> in the convent. So you were 
like, 14 maybe 14 <laughs> yeah 15 so it, uh, did mammy and daddy know you were no, doing no, this no 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 they didn't know just we were tipping doing up this. to dublin no we just tip up dublin <laughs> and we'd all put our money together the five of us and we'd, we'd buy sweets to keep us going for the day so then that was grand we were coming back down from dublin and the next thing anyway, I was tumming away and next thing the yellow lorry stopped again and I opened up the door and I jumped in and I went, how are you? And it was the same lad that we'd met in Ross Grey that had us off in Venom, <laughs> Venomore. <laughs> so after that then, we got to know him, we had Greyhound crack and every and then he had all these other lorry drivers and the newest. And every time you could be going to school and the next thing you'd meet the lorry, the lorry was just there and he'd say, you're coming. And we'd go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd jump into the door. lorry and on we go. He'd go into the shop, he'd buy his sweets and we'd just go in for the day. He'd drop us off if he was going to be delayed and he'd pick us back up if everything else was okay. And that's the way we done it. <laughs> we went <laughs> until they got caught. Granddad Cuddy was in hospital in Dublin after getting his eyes done. And we tummed up, up to, to see Dublin him. to see him. And because we wore the green convent uniform, there was a uh, school in Dublin had the same one. So we said we were from that school. So we got 20p for the bus. Yeah. I was Student. in the hospital. We stayed with Granddad all day. And we got back that evening. And when we came out to Harris's, Harris's yeah. here yeah. was Daddy in Harris's with the lorry and we had to run down the road to get away <laughs> further so he wouldn't see us and we knew Shannon Transport wouldn't be there till half four so we were standing all of us on the side of the road waiting for tran Shannon Transport to come did daddy ever catch you? yeah, yeah. he did <laughs> Sean Michael told him us <laughs> Sean Michael told us we were all mitching in our Auntie Margaret's and Mick seen Sean Michael coming to the door and he said girls run so we ran upstairs and he came in for about five minutes and he went, and the next thing, Mammy, Auntie Anne, and Michael landed to the door. He went back up and told. And another day, I was doing Bollocks. a secretarial course over in Ross Grey, and myself and Claire Hogan decided we'd, we'd meet for the day. And we went over to Port Leash, and you know around Leicester Square where the old extra vision was? And the next thing, anyway, um, there was a there were radio, 2FM was doing doing their van and we were dancing on the street and daddy was looking across us <laughs> <laughs> so i was staying in claire's house that night and it was the first time because daddy mammy never liked you going anywhere like staying in anybody's house i'm sure they want you that's what he'd say you know so he'd let me stay and the next thing anyway i was there in claire's and then daddy came down and next thing claire says your father's out there you have to go home and i was like oh lord so when i went out of the car he just said you're mitching today you're not staying and he never said a word after that but just home we went and that was it i wasn't allowed to stay he never told ma'am oh, he told mammy of course they told he each other to give out daddy was a man of few words <laughs> yeah they were so much harder on you than the war on us oh, oh the war. Yeah. 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 yeah you you weren't let go anywhere no no, no. boyfriend watched. all yeah. that stuff if we were in the yard outside mammy would start flashing the light to come mm. in or daddy would come to the door or daddy would come to the door yeah. in yeah, and you had to be in at ten past two if the if the dance was over at two o'clock. Do you remember the you had night? To be in at ten past two. We were all in the yard, and we went in. I was with Dermot. You were with James. You were with I don't know who you were with. Linda. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we went in. They were asleep. We were late now coming in, but we were all together in the yard outside talking. And I was in a giddy mood, and you know when you go up the top of the stairs, Mammy and Daddy's bedroom is right yeah. in front, and that's I'd always squeaked. And the girls crawled across so daddy wouldn't hear because mammy would be, who's that? Do you know, like lightning. And of course, Sharon jumped because I was so giddy. I got caught and we didn't even tell that they were with me. If I had said the girls were with me, I wouldn't have got in trouble. Coming in at two o'clock in the morning. That's a mortal sin. Mortal sin in our Outrageous. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> if we were with them, a good reason to do it. <laughs> so uh, you left home first. I left home first. I was the first to get married. With John. John. 
it's funny John is with Martina we were just saying before on the way up we started John was with Martina before Garrett was born or nine months he was nine months old Garrett was nine months old when I met John because we don't remember anything else other than John he's like yeah he's like a brother yeah Um, I met John when I was 15 I wasn't obviously let go anywhere so he used to come up to the house and he used to sit with me on a Saturday night in the house or if we were playing music he was allowed to go there and sit watch me for the night and bring me home creepy yeah that was it <laughs> and God help him he did <laughs> you know he stuck it well didn't he yeah, he did <laughs> but um, for yeah. how many years did he do that well I met him at 15 we got married when I was 19 and um, so for that many years four years and then you moved out Moved out then straight away, yeah. Down the road. I was the first to leave home. Were you sad about that? I was actually devastated. I, I'd say I cried for six months. I was so lonely. Go away. Yeah. It's mad. Vicky did that as well when we first moved into the house. She couldn't wait, couldn't get wait, couldn't wait. And then the first night in there at the table, I'm thinking, look at the blissful hou- house I'm going to live in. She bawling yeah. at the table. It's just you'd be used to such a busy house. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then it was, then you. Then me. Talk no, me. you got married before me. Sean Michael got married next. Yeah, Sean got married Sean next. Sean got married next. But he was never yeah. there. No. No, he no. was always gone. Then I got married after that. Six what months before me. I was <coughs> 21 when I got married. Um, we're married 29 years this year. Then, then it was you. Then it was yeah, we're married 29 years as well. Yeah, We got married six months apart. And Seamus got married six months after that. Three of us got married within a year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I got married in 99. I remember that. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Wasn't drunk at that around him. <laughs> 19 year old in my prime. In the old Collision Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that's a busy spot now. Yeah. It's a busy yeah. spot now. And like, can you remember the like, Christmases in our house were crazy. Brilliant. They were brilliant, brilliant yeah. yeah. Loved it. All night job. No matter what we asked for when we were small, we got it. Um, Like... Uh, I compare it to I, I knew nothing else. None of us did, um, but I compare it to John now when he was small, you know. And he said he'd get tiny little presents for Christmas, one little thing. We used to wake up Christmas morning, we'd have so much stuff, you know. And the excitement was lovely, and Christmas Eve was lovely. It was always made to be such a big thing. Christmas Day was lovely, mm. and that's why when I moved out. I felt so, you know, when you were used to so many people around you, it was so hard. Now it took me a while, but I got used to it. I, I loved it then, you know, mm. but um, just big changes. Yeah. Now. When you have a big family. The hardest you know. part I always found was in dinners. Yeah. You're making dinner for two people where you made it for 11 or 12 beforehand. And I used to put down such an amount of food. Din- dinner, even evening yeah. dinner. In our house. Remember, we were all sitting on bench seats. And yeah, we were big yeah. table. And I remember when we were small and we were living in the, the new house now at this stage. There was, there was ten, the living was at this stage now. And myself and Sharon used to take turns every Sunday. One of us would go to Mass either Saturday night or Sunday morning and kill in your at 8 o'clock. And we'd have the dinner ready when they come home from Mass at 12 o'clock. Now that's for the, the 11 of us. And we'd do all that. We'd peel the potatoes, we'd do all the veg, we'd do the meat. We'd do everything. And we'd have it ready when they come in the door. Do you know what I mean? And we'd sit down and all eat. Do you remember the day Daddy cut the kitchen table? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mommy no. went to mass. <laughs> One of the legs was broken a little bit. Yeah. And the sh- table was shaky. And Mommy was giving out about it. She said to Daddy to fix it. And she Daddy, went, Daddy turned it upside off. down. <laughs> and he cut the four legs. 
And when Mammy came in and sat under it, she couldn't get her legs <laughs> under the table. So he had to go to, again and get blocks and cut them in, you know. Stick them up to the legs. Nail them up to the table. <laughs> Daddy was so funny back uh, then. He was, he? he was. But like, what was he... Like, when we were younger, I can't remember... I don't think I was ever give out to my daddy. I don't think he Oh, ever we were. No, we yeah, were. Yeah, we were. But well, you were no, always he very said cheeky. very little. Yeah. But yeah. if he said something, that was it. And if Mammy said something, he would totally agree with her. He would never disagree with her. They no. never disagreed. So if Mammy said no, if you wanted to go somewhere, that was it. You could never like, go from one to the other. We used to, like, for myself and Sharon to go to a disco in Balafin or in Cameras or in, Kine- or in Knockaroo, We'd have to go to Mars on a Saturday night to be dressed so that when we ask him, can we go, that we don't have to go get dressed. Because one night we did ask and we were dressed to go and he wouldn't let us go because of that. He took it for granted. Because we were taking it for granted that he was, we were going to be let go. But we'd have to be spend the whole Saturday cleaning the house, having it spotless so that Mammy wouldn't, and we'd have Mammy warned and not to sigh or not to say anything. <laughs> we could bring her in five cups of tea if it wasn't right. Right, and she no, no, but you know what I mean. She liked it a certain way, but like <laughs> they'd see in the sitting room, the two of them, and we go in and ask, could we go? Now, if Daddy said no, that's it. Forget about it, you're going nowhere. But if there's nothing said, and Mammy doesn't sigh, we're 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 we're, 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 we're looking good. So what we did then was we changed it around. We'd ask Daddy when Mammy was in a different room, because if Mammy sighed, we couldn't go. But if he got Daddy on his own, he'd have a better chance. Yeah, of going. Cause I don't know where daddy you get the trust issues, you know, when you're heading up to Dublin every day <laughs> when you're supposed to go to school. He never had those with me or Elizabeth well, because we, we didn't do those things. Yeah, we only went to Dublin and came home. Only went to Dublin. Yeah. If your children did that now, you would absolutely kill them. We yeah. used to go up to Auntie Marion's and up in Donnybrook and we'd put our hands into her letterbox and open her door and go in if she wasn't there. Yeah, you used to go to my house too. But wasn't it a very dangerous thing to do? We tied it in the house. Lind and them are at yolks out of the fridge. We did We tied it. When did when you left home? You didn't. You left home before you were married. You were the first that left without getting. I left home, and Mammy and Daddy were not happy. I remember that. Mammy told me I wasn't going. Mammy wanted everyone to stay home, and I said I've got a job in Portlaoise, in Minch Norton's, or in Slenderworld. And it's up just up over Sally Gardens. And I said, no, I was moving out. Well, I tell you, there was war. They weren't letting me go. And then he said, I could walk. Right. So John Ryan, <laughs> the saviour, came over and said, you're hardly going to let her walk down the road, Jim. Like, you know. But Daddy said, if I left, and Mammy, you needn't come back. So I left. I moved into the house. And I was back on Friday evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never left. I lived at home for years. And as well as that, when we were at home, none of us ever drank. No. None of us drank. She makes up for it now. Yeah, but none of us ever drank. And it was, uh, we were down in Tramore. We used to go down to the South Shore Apartments every year, all of us together. But getting back to the point, it was DJ, it was Jared's um, christening. And I was up at the christening. And next thing, Daddy and Barry were around the kitchen. And they were talking. And I said to Elizabeth, can you go over to the press? There's a little press under the sink and see if there's vodka there and I'll have a drink. Right, I was drinking it this time now, and Lisbeth was out rooting in the press. And Daddy says, "Why are you looking for Lizzie?" And she says, oh, "I'm looking for some vodka for Linda." And Barry goes, "Don't let her drink in this house." <laughs> <laughs> Barry, you hardly could have let her drink in this house, Daddy. And Daddy says, "If Linda wants a drink, let her have a drink." 
he changed his tune. He did. He, he, <laughs> he changed. Did, yeah. You know, like they never gave a shite what we done. But you were always very cheeky and kind of roggy with mammy and daddy, where we were more serious because I think it's like they reared two families. See, the older the and the new. The disciplined us was ye. We disciplined you, yeah. yeah. But do you know what? We're moving down to South Shore Apartments. <laughs> Martina was drinking tea and Maria and Coke. Sharon was drinking Smirnoff. I was drinking vodka and Diet Coke. And of course, Daddy said I was the only one that was drinking in the family. I was such a bad influence. And we were all there, and Daddy was there. God, Linda. And I said, Daddy, every one of them were drinking. <laughs> you were drinking Smirnoff. I wasn't. And was I? I didn't drink till 99. This is, this is when the kids... <laughs> yeah, I know, and I still smoke like the truth. I love a fag. Sharon, this is when the kids were, grow- were, were born. We were down Small, in Tramore yeah. on holidays. <laughs> By the way, you're going to have to bear with me now. I'm sharing with Sharon. And we're doing a not too bad a job. No, we are doing a so good job. So if you're looking at this on camera, I'm not trying to shift the system. I'm <laughs> 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 just trying to make this easier. <laughs> well, um, th- you didn't stay in Slenderworld, though. You went working for... No, I went to work in Minch Norton's and I didn't even apply for a job there. I had applied for a job down in um, a fitness place down beside it in Mary Hennessy's. And she gave my CV to Mervyn because he was looking for someone. So I went in there anyway and I worked there for well, seven Catholic and a half years. <laughs> and then my, my husband now, he had a courier business and he was just driving vans up and down to Dublin. And then I, I left it and I went to work with him and we were doing it up to 2016. Hard work, but done now and dusted. Different chapter. Different chapter now. Close that business down and I'm working with Martina now in Cuddy's Kids. Very good. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth. Yes, David. So down in Kilkenny, right? You're living, yeah. the, you're living the high life. I right. lived in Kilkenny for a few years. You're yeah. riding around. <laughs> <laughs> well, James was in college at that time, you see, in Carlo. So, so he used to tip I'm over. joking, by the way. She wasn't riding around. <laughs> had a long-term boyfriend James Grant <laughs> yeah which I'm married to now but um yeah I, li- I was there for a long time and then when I got married I moved back to Earl actually and I just um had Tanya then really and I, I actually was a stay-at-home mother for a lot well for always really because I always worked from home hardest job there is hardest job there is yeah but and I did I um, say that I would be murdered <laughs> <laughs> I did spiritual work then I started with um I started doing um Reiki and massage and all that type of thing and so I'm full time now doing spiritual work you know so that's I work from home and James then he works out in the workshop he's an engineer I used to live in out the back yeah I actually (laughs) lived in Martinez I lived in (laughs) Elizabeth's you did there we all done runs living everybody lived in Martinez and John's yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I actually um, learned how to drive in John's Van, yeah. I think yeah. everybody learned how to drive in one of John's vans. The only difference between me and you didn't crash. I it. didn't crash. <laughs> <laughs> everybody Barry, else crashed his Barry vans. Crash vans. Yeah, I didn't. I was yeah. a little pussy. Yeah. Was a little Sharon, Sharon stayed for a long time. I think it was just to bully us. <laughs> 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 I stayed home for a long, long time. Well, Jeremy was working away. You were hairdressing. Yeah, I did hairdressing. And now I only did it to get out of school. Because <laughs> um, I never loved it, but I did it. Because um, Mammy wouldn't let me leave school unless I did something. And then why I why went. Why did you hate school? I just hated school. I couldn't deal with school. She mitched every time I she went. I got up in the morning, I ate soup. Or soap, if I said it right. Chewed on it. Get me sick. Really? Oh, I did loads of things like that. Tore my uniform so I wouldn't have to go. I could get up at five o'clock and eat a bar of soap. And try and be sick. 
Why did you hate school so much? I don't know why. Just couldn't bear it. Just was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> the worst days of my life. So you left school and you done hairdressing and and then I got married. Got married to a farmer. <laughs> yeah, to a farmer. Now Sharon's the big farmer. <laughs> and on the way down, I asked a question to Sharon, right? Yeah. I asked a lot of people. And only Sharon would answer something like this. Yes. I said, Sharon, if you had two million in the morning, right, what would you do? Most women, cars, handbags, holidays. holidays. Land. <laughs> I buy land. What do you want more land for? You always want land. <laughs> I'm sure you're, you don't need it now. You always need land. <laughs> well, she do need land. It's very important to have a bit of land. <laughs> Sharon, when I first started doing, messing with Illuminati and giving farmers their digs, well, she'd give me the, the stink eye, wouldn't you? I would, David, because you're very mean to the farmers. I love the farmers. <laughs> well, you can be mean to them. I mean, everyone... Equally. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm a farmer's son. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. But I am. Um, no, I'm, I mean to e everyone equally. I just said uh, everyone. Ha I think everyone has a heart. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a farmer or not. But when you were younger and compared to, say, when you see people now, there was nothing a given. Like anything that you all had to do, you'd do it yourselves. Yeah. Like there was no one setting that out for you. No. Like, there was no one say, here, I'll get you a car, or no. we'll insure it for you. Like, you would have bought your own cars, insured your own cars, got your own jobs, all those things. But our cars were four and five hundred pounds, and our insurance wasn't fierce to here, whereas now their insurance has gone Close. thousands. But it's relative. I, I'm not that old, and I can remember, I can remember, I know things are a lot more expensive, but I do remember that if you had 50 pounds, you could go out all weekend. Yeah, you you could go out all weekend. So four hundred euro was the same as having two thousand pound now. It was. Mm. It was great money. Like we were very lucky, you know, at that time because everything wasn't as expensive, and I suppose we were easier pleased. Well, when I got you know, my first job, I worked in Hackett's betting office in Ross Grey, and uh, sometimes I'd cycle over. Sometimes you were working there, and I used to work in his, and it was thirty five pounds a week is what I got there. Thirty-five pounds, and that would do. That was good money. Do you know what I mean? And it lasted me whatever. Now it was a few hours, and I hated these drunk lads coming in and breeding on top of you, looking at figures. I still don't understand betting today. I only worked there for a couple of months, and then I got a job in Damer House, and I worked in a little shop, and I used to leave Ross Gray and turn back to Cameras and work there. That's when I was young, before I even got a job in Port Leash. Because I worked in a hairdresser's, and I got five euro, five pounds a day. From nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening, and Daddy and or someone would have to come in for you, because you wouldn't have a car. I used to go over with Daddy. Yeah. And on the way home at Christmas, you get to see all the lights mm. yeah. in the houses. And back then, if someone had a Christmas tree out in the yard, you'd think, "Fuck, <laughs> that <laughs> affluent prick." <laughs> and I didn't know what affluent meant back then. That's <laughs> <impressive>. <laughs> Actually, Gary only Gary sends me words sometimes about it's embarrassing that only about a year and a half ago I. Found out what the word affluent was. Affluence. <laughs> oh, dear. I know. Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right? You were out in the world. You know, you were in insurance. You were in industry. We were stuck in the wood. Pity about you. My well, I also had lots to do with the wood because 
John always had something to do with the wood. So I'm well used to the wood and the life of it. And the books. It gives you. The books. Sharon's husband would have been a, you know, always in the wood, forestry and forward. And John would have always been in forestry. From the time he came up, yeah. Yeah. Me and Garrett and Greg were saying in the last podcast, like our first jobs would have been with John. John. And yeah. That was tough back then. Very hard. It was very hard and we were very young. John was very brave at that time to start off a business in the timber industry because it was very hard and machines were very expensive even though they were they're not like they are now you know but he used to be gone at five o'clock in the morning home at seven and eight and sometimes when we had our first child Dara who everybody knows yeah. small little <laughs> Dara, Dara. <laughs> um, John was working up in Donegal and he used to go on a Monday morning and he wouldn't be back till a Friday evening. At that time, there was no mobiles. He used to ring me every evening from a phone box in Ballybuffet at nine o'clock. And that was the contact we had. So there were tough times. Mm. But there were good times at the same time, you know. But does everyone look back and think there were good times? But they were ah, actually they were. tough times. They were tough, but I still can say that we had a good life, you know. I enjoyed it. And when we were together, it was great then, you know. But I always had, because we live so near home, I always had everybody here... And all the family down. Sure, most of the time somebody was living with me. Sharon lived with me. Elizabeth lived. You, you did I was too. It for a while, yeah. Linda did. Everybody did. To get away. <laughs> well, I didn't leave with you. I went down on a Friday night. An excuse to be. Yeah, so I was lucky in that sense that I had plenty of support. And I was the first. We were the first, myself and John, to have kids. So everybody was mad to babysit our kids because they wanted to use the spare room. <laughs> With all their boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy worked in Galway at the Timber for years. Same as Martina. Yeah. It was gone Monday morning, now on Friday night. No phones at the beginning either. Mm. It was the same. But it was for it's very hard. But I was lucky I was at home with Mammy and Daddy. I had yeah. Mammy and Daddy to help me mind, you know, rear the children too. Mm. But it was hard. Sure, you were at home at that time. like mm. We were living the dream. <laughs> well, you, you know, were really. Well, well you we, were. Yeah. We, me and Garrett would have, like, you would have had it tough, but me and Garrett didn't. Like, we were 17, 18 years of age, brand new cars. Like, we walked into it. Like, John and Amal would have kind of paved the way. A little bit for everybody else. You know, yeah. Daddy and Amal. We, we just got into jobs. We had all of them to teach us how to drive. Yeah. And then we were just, it kind of destroyed us. You know, big money. Mm, very fast. Yeah, very fast. Working. Mm. And didn't have the responsibility either of kids or anything like that. And it, it, it that only goes one or two ways. Yeah, mostly yeah. negative. Jeremy <laughs> 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 yeah. used to say that if he was earning £650 a week, you and Garrett were earning the same money and we had two children. We had none. And you were getting it hard to live yeah. at that time. You know. Sure, if you go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday... <laughs> Try and run a brand new car <laughs> to impress the bitches. <laughs> and yeah, then sure realise that it's that. not impressing the bitches. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's tough. It is. But isn't it mad when, um, say when we were younger, you would have been babysitting us a lot. Yeah. But still you kind of let us do what we want. Is that, but is that because you weren't actually our parents, you didn't really care about us? Exactly. <laughs> we just had to just make had it to make survive. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because Sharon, I remember Sharon would be babysitting us. And 
Linda and you'd be just trying to get us to bed for oh. five friends to come up. It was a nightmare. And at <laughs> six or seven o'clock they'd be sending us to bed in the middle of the summer. <laughs> now there was not a chance in the world we were going to bed. I knew what their game was. We were just mad for Mickey, right? <laughs> we were there. No way. No fucking way are we going to bed. We climbed out the top. I wouldn't climb out that oh, top window balcony. now. On the balcony on as well. Yeah. Balcony. Remember we got caught on the ground point? Mm. Get a load and shovel gaze off it. <laughs> Out to the bathroom window. Out to the bathroom window. No, you were terrible. You were terrible. You were so bad. You were like monkeys. We used to go down to Auntie Anne's and we'd just just be gone. You'd never even know half the time we were gone. We did know. We didn't know all the time. We were going around the country looking for each other. We didn't know whether to go to Auntie Anne's or Steve Bergen's. (laughs) Yeah, but when we were young... great places to go if you wanted um, lemonade and crisps and... (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we weren't allowed out years ago and Daddy wouldn't let us go to the local discos and... I'd be at home and I wouldn't be let go and Sharon wouldn't be let go either. Sharon would go down to Antian's and she'd go down there to the disco and I'd be at home not going. But uh, <laughs> I was much quieter, you see. I could be trusting. <laughs> <laughs> I was trusted more. I think it's because I was going out with Dermot at the time. Yeah, you weren't going out they with Dermot then? But you're, but you're, yeah, they did like him and you're not really, you weren't really out-out kind of person. No. Like even Linda, your party, we were just saying on the way, to home, way down, Linda's a party animal. Like she's going like to the electric picnic, she's going to the um, Dead Man Festival, she's going to <laughs> the Burning Man in California. <laughs> <laughs> she likes drink, drugs. Don't her, like and drugs Paddy, <laughs> her and Patty just go out all the time. Martina is, you, you like to eat out. Dine out. Dine out. <laughs> kind of like, I like that. I like what you out. like there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth, you like to stay in like Sharon as well and yeah. do st- stuff like that. Not into the pubs now. I like to go out for a meal now. Yeah. But I don't like going to pubs. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like. I like the atmosphere of the pub. And yeah, well, I don't, you see. I like it. So you're meeting other quieter. people and you're yeah. getting a bit of news and, you know, it's grand. How come growing up in a big family, you did not have a big family? Well, you had to have them. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. Our mother was Pain. a saint. <laughs> I think all women were saints back then. They had kids, but it was very different then. Mm. Um, when I had Dara, I swore I'd never have another one. And five years later, I decided I didn't want an only child, so I decided to have another one. But I would never have a third. <laughs> and Linda? I had two girls, and then I decided... Yeah, I was after doing this ring thing that you could do, like, you know, with the chain. We're talking about a chain now. We're not yeah, and it, it tells you whether you're having <laughs> a boy or a girl, it swings, whatever. And it told me I was going to have a boy. So I went and I got pregnant again and I had a boy. So I had three kids. Perfect little family. I have two kids. Yeah. So just um, Tanya and Emma. Um, they're, um, they're 25 now and 21. So they grew up and one's in college and the other one is working now. So... I have four. Sir George's 26, and sure the youngest is 13 this year, so they're grand. They're got big. They're in college, some of them, and some of them still in school, so. Would you like to have more? I would have. I was sorry I didn't have more. You're looking forward to Jared pumping out a few grandchildren. I'd love it, but they won't, yeah. Ah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Martina is <laughs> the only granny here. I'm the only nana. I'm not a granny. Why do you hate granny? <laughs> I hate that word, granny. And I'm nana, and I have two. Braxton and Kyla, and another on the way. Delighted. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're lovely. So, Martina, when mm. you went from uh, our house, and then you had Dara when yeah. he was young, and John wouldn't have been around, um, would John have been the type of lad now that would come home and 
hand the baby to him. And <laughs> oh, <the> God. <laughs> well, to this day, he'll admit himself he never changed the nappy. He reared two kids and never changed the nappy. I remember once uh, I went to mass on a Saturday evening and Dara was a baby and I said to him, he's fine now, he's fed, he shouldn't, he shouldn't move. And I went to mass, drove back up the drive and he was standing at the front door with Dara in his arms <laughs> like this. He is a bad nappy. <laughs> Take him. <laughs> that was it. He never changed an nappy. But you still wouldn't consider him a bad daddy, would you? He's a great daddy. Once the kids could move, like on them by on themselves <laughs> they could walk around and eat the food we eat and he could take them to the toilet and or communicate he, with him a- absolutely he he would have done anything for them and did and took them always with him in the lorry and the machines and you know he was very good yeah i i think that when like when your woman gets pregnant and they're every all women are so excited yeah. and everyone's always telling them oh your baby and then the baby comes and it's a hormonal thing with women you're so attached to them and and for a lad you're just there fuck I'll break it if I touch it. Or <laughs> it, it it's just a, a it's naive, different. You know, you're yeah. you're it's you're not attached to it really until you start communicating with it, and you can. Well, it's so true. I think mm. we were married for nearly four years before we had Dara, and we used to have a ball. Like we were out all well. When John would come home, we'd go out. You didn't have to think of a baby. We had a great life. And the first day I brought him home, which was on a Sunday, we put he was in a little buggy in the corner of the house and. I said, John said to me, oh, I'm heading into town now. And I was there, God, I can't even go with him now. I have to stay here and mind him, you know. And it's such a big change for people. You are very tight and you do need, I think you now people are older now having kids and I think they need to be. If you're very young, it's um, it's tough. It's a big change. Well, I always make sure I had a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> do you very rarely mind your kids? No, but when it comes to a Saturday night, yeah, I'd always go on a Saturday night. So I said to Paddy, now we used to live in Port Leash first. And then when we mo- I had babysitters in Port Leash and they were nice babysitters. But when we moved to Cullah Hill, then I was out in the country and I, ha- I knew nobody in Cullah Hill. So I said, that's it. I said to Paddy, you go find me a babysitter and have one there for next Saturday night when we move in. And he did. And I had her for years and she was the best girl. It was Helen Spencer from Cullah Hill and she, she practically lived in my house. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember her now. Yeah, she yeah. loved the girl. Helen was uh, such a great babysitter and nobody ever stood up to her after because she was just so good. She was the best girl. Have you ever missed a Saturday night out? Um, Rarely. If I, if I was in hospital <laughs> having a child or something. Like I tell you, I'll never forget. Uh, Helen was babysitting one night, and I um I said to I was driving her home, and I was giving a pay her her money. She said, "No, you needn't pay me." She says, "I know because I was on your phone there for a few minutes," and I was like, "Oh my god, such honesty!" Do you know she was such a great girl, really a great girl. I remember one fucking night, mommy and daddy went to see Sean. Remember they back when they got a bit older, they'd leave me and Garrett and us on our own. You'd be out riding or whatever. <laughs> David, <laughs> when you were older, of course, you know, you were about fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Garrett were there. Oh, dude, you know, the Sunday world used to come in. Yeah. And they had these pictures in the back of all these sexy ladies. And yeah. all you had to do to talk to these sexy ladies that were in the pictures. Dial. 1800. <laughs> oh, God. 151, 151, 151. So me and Garrett were there. Jeez, this would be cool. I remember this. <laughs> so we started around <laughs> half nine after we met our food, right? So after we had our food, we were full belly. We were there, right? We'll talk to these sexy women, right? So we made the first phone call. And it rings. The next thing goes. If you want to talk to blah, 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 press one. <laughs> and then you press one. Nothing happens. If you want to talk to, 
We didn't know what BBM was or fucking all this shit. Didn't know. <laughs> and I kept pressing numbers and nothing was happening. Hang up. Try another one, right? <laughs> so I tried, we tried it for about 10, 15 minutes. That maximum. That's what I, all we were doing. And we never got to hear anything. We were expecting to have 20 second wanks. <laughs> take turns. What age were you? I sure old. 13, 13 14. <laughs> and um, yeah, nothing happened. We just went back to our normal, I suppose, everyday left hand in your imagination wank and then what was it the phone bill came the phone bill came <laughs> and i remember we were it was after mass of all things right and john rain and mar were up martin mammy must be after seeing the bill and was mortified i think we were all in perverts yeah. on the wall or something at home with the was john was explaining about the numbers obviously he must have known about them too. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but he was telling mammy that he like they were harmless you know and to just keep you on hold and on hold to run up the bill, which they did. So I think they calmed down after a while. They were fucking bullying. Mammy looked at me in this way. She never looked at me before. <laughs> remember, um, Mark always had to put this. It was a video. It was Whitney Houston's. It I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, it was these pop songs he used to love. And daddy went in his sitting room to put them on for him. And the next thing, a blue movie came on. Right? It was the wrong video. And when we came home from school that evening, there we was were blamed. War, were ye down watching blue movies with the boys? We honestly think it was Seamus that was after this. <laughs> we don't know who done the boys. We still don't know to this day. We thought it was yours because it was Harry Bush. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the attack of the Harry Bush. <laughs> and that. <laughs> yeah, that was mine. <laughs> How did you know that was mine? Ah, uh, you know, I just uh, I know these things, man. I'm, I'm good like that. Well, we talk with Seamus and Muriel's. Sure. <laughs> Who else could it be? It wasn't mine anyway. I tell you. It wasn't no, ours. I, tell you. I know. And it dark. wasn't ours. So, but we got to blame for it anyway. So. How did Daddy say that to you? Oh, he was sure. No, Mammy and Daddy were going mad over it. He's angels. He's guards cooking and watching things like that. What was the biggest row at home that you can remember? Actually, don't remember very many rows. No. Say the truth now. Like most of the time, we always had a great time. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. I think when they found out that you were mitching, um, yeah. there was war in the school. Remember, um, Sister Finbar and Mary Kavanagh brought me in, and they said you were like wild goats. I was called let out wild for the first time. Oh. No, but that's what, that was Sharon. I was called <laughs> Mary Kavanagh. We said that she's like a wild pup goat <laughs> for the first time. Because I'll tell you what happened was. Said. They, they came yeah. up to the teacher, they brought Sharon down, yeah. they brought Sharon down today. No, to hold the on now, there's a story today. <laughs> we went mitching, right? Now we had been caught and daddy said, you're not to do it again. So we said we wouldn't, but we did. We, know we did it the next morning. But anyway, <laughs> when we went back to school that evening, when we, Mick Gorman always picked us up at, you know, the sawmill in Mount Rout, um, there at the gates. And we go up in the bus, went down to the back of it and the boys in the tech had covered us up with their bags. Miss Sister Mary go up oh, on the bus. Oh, they're, they're school bags. Yes. Yes. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not them bags, <laughs> But Sister Mary got up on the bus to see where we on the bus because someone was after tipping her off that we were seen that day in the town. But we weren't seen in the town because Something we were too rats around the town. But she got up on the bus anyway and we weren't seen. So the next morning, I, as bold as ever, after, what was it in the mornings in school? Assembly. Assembly. I walked up to her and I said, Sister, I heard that you heard that we were mitching school yesterday, but we weren't, because Daddy had killed us if we were mitching school. That was the end of it. But we were up in Art with Sister Finbar, 
And she came up and she calmed me down and she said, were you mitching yesterday? I said, no, we weren't mitching yesterday. Now I told Linda, keep your mouth fucking shut. Saying nothing. You don't know anything. Don't be a rat. Yeah, don't <laughs> be a rat. Now remember, Linda's older than me. Came back up again, brought me down. I said, no, sister, we weren't mitching. I'm telling you, I swear to God, we weren't mitching. <laughs> so the next thing I was brought down to the office and Mac having it was there and Linda crying <laughs> and I knew she was after telling we were after Mitchell. Because they knew we were Mitchell. The scene was getting into a yellow lorry. But they didn't know. They had no proof. They couldn't <laughs> prove that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stay lying so she like that. She brought in Mammy, and that's what she told Mammy. I was like a sook calf after being loud yeah. the first time. Well, look, they had Jesus on their side. <laughs> they were nuns. They were. They were nuns. Why didn't you send your kids to the nunnery? Not the nunnery, the convent. They're closed. <laughs> All of them. They're yes. All dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're all dead. No, Most of them are. Oh. So that's a lie, Sharon. <laughs> Martina. Yes. Um, when you left, you were a bit of a lick artist school. Uh-huh. Well, I certainly never met. I love school. Not really. And when you left school, you went to AXA for 15 years, mm-hmm. often got me insurance offer, big miss since. It was, yeah, I looked after everybody. Big miss, and <coughs> then you decided, fuck it, I'll go on my kids. Well, I actually had the business started up two years before I left AXA, because I was waiting to be offered a package. <laughs> 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 they wanted me to move to Dublin, you see, to our office was closing in Tullamore, but I didn't want to do that because with John and the work he does, the two he was away all the time. The two of us couldn't be away all the time. So I decided I'd finish up. So in the village in Commerce, I saw a house that was for sale. I decided we'd buy it. And we'd start off a play school. There was none in the area. So Sharon actually started with me. The two of us went off and we did our childcare courses at night. We did them for two years, three years. I went back and did another one then. And uh, Sharon worked... Um, in the school while I stayed in AXA for a certain short few months and then I finished off and look we're it's 17 years later now I have two places now so and Linda works with me now as well and I did work there for 15 years yeah best decision I made leaving it <laughs> well look Sharon was always going to leave when you have that much acreage behind you there's that's no need it to be working anymore. kept woman kept no woman to be working anymore. yeah and how many kids are in school? Um, I have roughly about 100 in each school between play school and after school care. I've had my kids have gone through it. And yeah, they great have. Spa. Thank you. It's a great spot. By the way, I ran out of A4 paper the other day and I had to go down and get some <laughs> off Demi. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, you're going to A4 paper. That's okay, David. That's okay. Say nothing in case you start telling me all you know, that <laughs> stuff to me. Elizabeth, how do you spend your days now? I spend my days working. I work for myself. Um, I do, as I was saying... Would your job, would you think it's more of a calling than a job? Um, I think it's a calling. Um, From the time I was very young, I always was very intuitive. And I got sick when I was... God, it was about 38, I'd say. No, 32 when I got sick. And I went from hospital to doctor and nothing, no one was curing me. So I started going down the alternative route. So I actually had Reiki done on me by somebody and I started to come to and go down the, the kind of 
um, what would you call it? The holistic yeah, the holistic route. Yeah, and I got the better. Thing off the table there, so oh. <laughs> and I got better. So from that then I started a massage course and then I did reflexology and then I did um say the course in Reiki and loads of different modalities of healing until twenty what was it? Um twenty nineteen, no, twenty eleven, right? I started doing um SRT. Um it's a you know, you use a pendulum and a set of charts and it's, it's kind of a roadmap to to where you want to go very deeply into somebody's being, I suppose, mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically. And that's kind of what I do now full time, all the time. So I do it from home and I absolutely love it. And she's very good. And I, I do now. I love it. You're you flat out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm flat out as I want to be. <laughs> Best thing about working for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Someday I hope to be like that. Yeah, David, you are like that. Sharon, what's it like to be a massive farmer? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I mean, I know what it's like to be a farmer. Farmers have a tough. But what's it like to be the wife of a massive big farmer? I'm not a big farmer. I always stop now. David doesn't really farm. I do most of it. He works a digger. He drives a digger. That's his work. And farming. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you look at young people now, what do you actually think? I think that they actually have, well, they deserve, they have different lives than us. And I think us as parents probably help our kids maybe an awful lot more. We they stay in school for an awful lot longer. They have to, I suppose, now, because most kids have to have a degree to get a job of any kind. And I think we probably looked at... I mean, I finished school when I was 17. I went and did a secretarial course for one year. I did go back to college after and did my childcare. But, I mean, most kids are in school now until they're 25 or 6 before they actually earn a penny or have a job. And we're behind them for that many years. We didn't get that. We were working. I My first job when I was 18, I earned £65 a week, which was a lot of money at the time. I thought I was a millionaire. But I mean, now they're coming out of college and they're, they're earning a fortune. They expect a lot. They expect to have houses, to have mortgages, to have cars, to have everything straight away. We moved into our house. We hadn't. We had a table and chairs and a bed when we got married first and we moved into our house. And we had nothing and we saved and gradually, bit by bit, did everything. And we did it. And we were happy doing it. But now... It's too easily easy to be heavily financed. Never it really means. is. Everything is a big mortgage and it's a big loan. And you have to have... The house has to be completely done. And look, they're used to that. They're living in houses like that. and They don't want any less. And that's probably nice for them. But it's very different from what we did. Mm. You were kind of mammy's toss. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Now, when I was younger, you would have been, oh, do this, do that. Yeah, I would. And try you, you made me buy a house. Mm. Like, what would I have spent my money on then? I know. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to buy a brand new M5. Remember, I was living in Sweden. Mm. It was all 100 grand. Yeah. And Elizabeth <laughs> was there. You are in your shite. <laughs> buy a house. <laughs> this is the house you're buying. Mm. Remember, I came home one weekend and you had everything there. You went to the auctioneer yeah. and you go, pay them tomorrow. Mm. Pay them the deposit. I bought it off the plans. Yeah. Made me do it. Yeah, just to get on the ladder, like, you know, <coughs> and to set you up. Yeah. You can hate living there. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, but. It was a good step, It though. was a good step for you, yeah. Ah, thanks, Liz. 
<laughs> you missed me when I left, didn't you? Oh, Lord, I did. I had some crack. Yeah, David lived with me for a long time, didn't you? I used to, I'll never forget one night coming home. I was always fairly quiet now coming <laughs> home from the the discos and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh. I, I'd, I'd sneak in because they had small kids and uh, I, I'd be going, yeah, so I'd take off my shoes and wooden floors. Their house smelled of rich mahogany and I'd always try to <laughs> be real quiet. And I want you to imagine, two, three o'clock in the morning, real quiet, big bungalow, high ceiling. Next thing. <laughs> she absolutely fu- she had a nightmare <laughs> I didn't I, ha- I saw a spirit oh god well, right. you see at that time I was seeing spirits I didn't know that yeah just frightened the fucking shite out <laughs> yeah, me I, I can still hear it mm-hmm. I never forget it I jumped mm-hmm. it was scariest scream yeah. ever I do remember that fuck yeah. that was that was horrible <laughs> and then at breakfast next morning there, and I'm sleeping there now right I'm in the house and she goes I seen spirit last night. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. But I used to only be able to tell you. Remember, yeah, yeah. I'd meet Martine at the pool, and I'd say to Mara, "God, last night." And Martine, I'd say, "God, you know." And you see, I was doing the kind of hands-on healing and doing the Reiki, but I was picking up on other people's energy. And if there was a spirit around them, I was picking that up, right? Yeah. But then when I um, started the SRT, I was able to take control of that and have it cleared. But up until I started that, I was always seeing. Stuff. Even in the old house at home, I saw a priest. I saw a priest walk up by the side of the house and oh, out to the old, old graveyard. Our old house at home, when before you were born, Mammy used to go in the lorry with Daddy, and I'd go into mind Gregory in their room, because Greg was only a little tiny baby at the time, and I could see the dog started barking. You see this man, a priest, walking up by the side, just up along by the side of the house, and up out over the dunghill. Speaking oh, of that. sorry, up out over the dunghill. Yeah, and I used to see. Lots of bits, you know, lots of different things all the time. But I used to think probably I was mad, but I used to. I always was very intuitive, like. Did you ever see a ghost other than that? I've often seen things, yeah. Scary often. ones? Ah, some now wouldn't be great. <laughs> but now I don't see it anymore. I, I, I just don't want to know. I know if there's something around someone or I know if there's something there, but I just have it cleared. Well, you can know? You can see I often cleared them in your house. Yeah. With Vicky. Yeah. Do you remember one night she rang me when the Late Late Show was on? It was Saturday night and things were moving on the coffee table. The stuff was moving around the coffee table and I had to clear that for her. I never believed or seen a ghost in my life until I got with Vicky. Yeah. And then like she told me all these stories about her home place. Now they live in a... Oh, they do. Two or three hundred year old Big school history. And yeah. Mm. And I just rolled my eyes to heaven. Yeah. And then I moved in with her and fucking... Holy shit. She yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah. I, and uh, people say, oh, do you believe? I, d- I believe in shit. I yeah. sat in the bed yeah. at night, right? Lying down, and the whole thing started vibrating. Like Not vibrating. Nice. And it's all Vicky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was all attached to Vicky. But I cleared Vicky. She doesn't have that anymore. No. You know? But um, no, she was just, it's because um, so many things happened there, you know, tr- mm. back through the generations, like. You know, so yeah. Go on, Sharon. Talk to me. I've had a lot of it in my house. Mm. Um, Where I am now, that's because no, it's not. It's Dermot goes to every funeral. Anyone he knows, he'll go to it, and he picks up things in the graveyard and brings it home. Or he went digging the place, and I was standing at the kitchen sink peeling potatoes, and someone said my name, 
And when I turned around, there was no one in the house, only me. And then every night I go to bed and Jared, every one of them sleep in the dark except for DJ. He's the only one that will have the door open. But Jared shuts his door and I said to him, why do you keep getting up at night and coming out on the land? And he says, Mammy, why do you keep coming into my room and opening the door every night? So I rang Liz, as usual, and cleared it. But Dermot brought it home from somewhere he was digging. And they had had it in that house that he was digging in, but it brought came back to my house. Well, look, people might think that's scary, but it's a lot better than bringing home <coughs> syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're bringing home syphilis and stuff like that. That's not good. You're, you're playing around. Ghosts are okay. Yeah. You can and contact uh, Elizabeth on 087. <laughs> <laughs> you, Martina. I, be, I do believe I've never ever seen anything but I certainly do believe and I think that if I did see something I wouldn't be here to tell the tale you die <laughs> I'd die I Isn't would that? die yeah in my house uh, I had a bit of a thing as well because our house is built on an arc we had to do an archaeological dig in it because there was a castle just down the road whatever and I remember when I moved in I just had this you know the way I was smoking at the time and I just go and have a fag but I'm not smoking now I, I vent I I vape. I vent. I was I was in the house and we have a long corridor and my washroom was upstairs and I have my washing machine and dryer and it's across the way from our bedroom and I have a long corridor up to where the kids' bedrooms are. But this particular night I was in bed and it was just something weird. Weird things were happening anyway. But we went to bed next thing all the fire alarms started going off in the house. Oh my god, it was just, it was just. I just woke up, I jumped out of bed and Paddy jumped out and was like, oh my God, is there a fire or whatever? So I went out, the lights were off. That'd be the first thing I think if all fire alarms came on. (laughs) And the the lights were off on the landing night, do you know what I mean? And I went out into the hall and Paddy was going up the the, the hall and next thing, I turned on the light and it was just like fog the whole way up the the, the landing. And I said, oh, there must be the dryer, it must be loads of smoke. And I opened up the door and it was completely clear. So I rang Elizabeth, next thing the alarms went off, the fog disappeared. I rang Elizabeth, but Elizabeth did a clearing on the house. Never so knew about this. Yeah, oh there was yeah. a portal. And like James, there was a what? portal opened in the house. Yeah. A portal. Yeah. Well, the next time that happens, right, I want you to call me. <laughs> Ghostbuster. And I go over there with my fucking phone, right, <laughs> and I'll show everyone. And I have a friend that has an, a ghost mobile. Like a ghostbuster mobile. <laughs> Echo one. No, it's but never happened. you don't happened. need a ghost mobile. When Lizzie oh, done the clearing, it was, it was grand <laughs> and everything was fine. Do you know what I mean? So... Just little weird things that, that happened. Jade used to see glasses. She used to get something, you know, whatever, like, but it's grand. Nothing major, like. I've never think, yeah. met anyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad. Now, DJ is very, very intuitive. Yeah. I was actually thinking of closing his third eye because he was just. What? <laughs> Explain what <laughs> that his is. His third eye. Because <laughs> I had an operation once and they had to stick something up my job site. <laughs> I know that, David. <laughs> and I, I had... Um, oh, he's terrible. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I had... Um, I got up one morning, same as any other morning. Right? It was any other Sunday morning. Right? It was just like a normal Sunday morning. I took two kids. I was going to take them up to mum and dad's. So I went into Centra. I had Lily and Clark left in the car. And I just pressed the button for the coffee. And a bit of a pain in my stomach. Just a bit of a pain just around here. And I started filling the coffee. I got a little bit worse. Then I got out of the <coughs> car and it was like a, a cramp. It was really sore and then in my back a bit. And I was like, I think I need a shy. I think I'll go home and have a shy. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't know what else it could be. So I w- would have been a neighbour. Yeah, well, I'll get to that. Wait. 
Anyway, I went upstairs and I said to Vicky, I I pain my stomach, I think I need a shit. And I went upstairs and the pain just got worse and worse. There was no shit coming. And then about 10 minutes there, I am down on the ground, reading with pain, worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And next thing I started heaving with the pain. There was nothing coming out. My eyes started popping all bloodshot. bloodshot. They got, went all bruised from the heaving. And then I, I, I couldn't breathe with the pain. Tried to ring an ambulance because I thought I was going to die. Never in my life did I say ring an ambulance. Never. And then I went, call an ambulance. <laughs> ambulance couldn't get there. And got into the car and went over to Portage. Ended up, I had a kidney stone. But one of the shards of the kidney stone was also after sticking into my urethra valve. That was after hemorrhaging a bit. And I ended up having to go get a um, needle stuck in and then I had to get uh, up to NACE hospital. Or yeah. And anyway, next Painful morning. procedure. On drugs, right? I'm on morphine, fucking savage stuff. Should be over the counter. <laughs> and the doctors came in the next morning. I'm a little bit drugged up and he had a couple of trainees with him. And I was supposed to be in a private room because I pay private health insurance, but I wasn't. I was around everyone, so that's their fault, not mine. And they said, right, it's a, it's not a fierce, hard surgery, but we just go up through your urethra. And I went, that's my dick hole. And he was there, well, we call it urethra. And <laughs> he was there, well, how big is it? And he goes, oh, it's about that big. I said, that's not going to fit. And he goes, oh, we'll make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up. I'm not, I'm not joking. They'd stay in my dick. I thought I would never be right again. It's perfect now. <laughs> it's perfect now. We'll ask Vicky. Little bit of a scar. That's because I did some work on you, David. Not my dick. <laughs> it's not work on my dick. Well, I call my work work, right? Right. <laughs> my sister did not go near I did. I dick. came down to you. <laughs> I came down to visit it. you. But when I woke up, they said, y- you have to pass water before we can let you out. And there was a, a metal gauze in my dick hole stopping it from... Uh, I don't know, sticking together or something. Yeah. And when I was peeing, there was like blood clots coming out and everything. I was there thinking, God, this is going to be bad. We're never going to have that to our baby. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I should have jizzed in a jar before this happened. <laughs> oh, it's never going to be the same. <laughs> but the the doctor that done it told me, and this is this is factual now, and she was a woman that had, had labor without any injection or anything. And she had had the same thing happen. And she said that the pain I had was worse than labour. Oh, go oh, away. So I know exactly how women feel and more. Do you? You have no idea. I, I t- I'm just after explaining to you how I exactly but know. But David, would what? you go through that again? Would I? Yeah. If there was drugs, yeah. The morphine was savage. Would you like to go through that pain <laughs> no, again? No, I wouldn't. If, okay. if lads were having babies, we'd have no Exactly. Drugs. We'd probably, yeah. but because we've big brains, we'd figure out a way of doing it <laughs> without <laughs> having to gestate them in our bellies. Would you know? Yeah, it'd probably be in our bags. It's outside our body. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could just cut the sack and it just fall out. <laughs> 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 you push I would push. <laughs> oh, stop it, stop Oh, Lord. Where were we before we got into ghosts and dick holes? Yeah. <laughs> we'll finish up on the ghosts, so. No, I'm just, where were we? We started talking about dick holes. Before you were again, wasn't yeah, it? Lizzie, was we? Lizzie yeah, we were always. talking about the portals and yeah. the ghosts oh, and yeah. spirits. And yeah, Linda's house. Portal yeah. yeah. And it was actually very serious what happened in your house. Yeah. I actually only had that twice more since. Because what was happening was before that, the alarms, every time I'd walk by the alarms, or if you were walking by, the alarms just go off and then they'd turn off and then they'd go on and go off. But it was going on for a little while. Mm. But then when that happened, I was like. It would frighten you, like. 
was not nice. But none of the kids could have a bed, like, you know, sure. So what caused it? The portal opened or whatever. A portal to another dimension. But you see, entities come through portals. A discarnate is a spirit, just a spirit of someone that dies, that don't pass within 90 hours. But a portal... What do you mean? It doesn't pass? Just say someone dies. Yeah. Right? It takes about 90 hours for the soul to leave the body. That's slow. And if the soul... Yeah, well, it can take up to 90 hours, but if it doesn't leave in the 90 hours, if it's unhappy or if it was a happening, like an accident or something like that, it doesn't know what's going on. So it gets locked in between dimensions. Right? So that's a discarnate. That's what you call it. You're not incarnated anymore. We're all incarnated here. So they're discarnate. But when a portal opens, entities come through portals. So they're actually dark energy. They're not souls like the soul that would be in my body or your body. They're more um, dangerous. You know, can you see someone's vibe before, well, by looking at them? I know by their aura. I know by... You just know. You just... Um, you see, when I used to do the Reiki and the massage, right, when I'm, I put my hands out now, I'm in your energy, right? So your energy field is that far out, right? That's your space. And you can have openings and cracks in that space. And if you have, other people's energy is going to come in on top of you. So you're in their information. So when I do work on someone now, all I need is their date of birth and their name. And I can tap in and I know exactly what's going on in their life from their feng shui to their spiritual, emotional, physical bodies. You know, so if someone has asthma, say, right? Well, that can be grief. It can be suppressed grief, or it can go back to past lives as asphyxiation, drowning. It's fucking morbid. Yeah. I know it sounds <laughs> weird, but we repeat. We repeat and repeat and so repeat. So do you believe in reincarnation? I do, yeah. I do. Do you, Sharon? Mm. Well, it's a bit deep, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I suppose I think I do. Mm. I do. I think that if someone dies, it's close to you. Um, and you'd like to know if they're gone on to a better place, that their life wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, it's nice because we have Lizzie to say, yeah, they are gone. Mm. I mean, I know you can't do it for so many hours, isn't it? Like, yeah. after they die, but. It is nice to know. At least you have that little peace of mind saying they are gone and you know they're in the right place. That they're not still hovering around looking for something. Because if, like Elizabeth says, if they get killed in a car crash or they die instantly, they don't know they're dead. Mm. So you're waiting for that to... They're confused. But it's nice to know that someone that has passed on, they're watching over you as well. Like in my, when I get SRT done, Granny Heffernan is always with me, Mammy's mother. Yeah. She's always watching over me. Do you feel that? Well, I, I think myself now, like, I mean, I know from you, like, telling me, like, you know, but I, I just think she died in the day of my birthday. Do you know what I mean? So. Oh, you have a connection with Granny. Yeah. Yeah. It's when I, as I've got older and I've got into reading some weird shit, it's like, I think, you know, when you listen to stuff about quantum physics and anything that energy that doesn't have mass is infinite, lasts forever, you know, like dark energy and. You know, when you get into the quantum realm. And an energy that doesn't have mass would be thoughts, which would be consciousness. So I'd be fascinated with consciousness, you know, because mm. the basics of all physics is well, energy can't be created or destroyed, just passed from one form to another. Mm. But so you I can transmute it. You know, you can transmute the negative energy into good energy. You have to transmute it into something. You well know, I you don't... When you clear... Um, just say... 
there's a spirit locked in somewhere in a house and it tends to do harm or whatever, you know, break things or whatever. Well, you can ask spirit just to send that soul on. You know, then they're not locked but in who's anymore. Who's the boss spirit that you're talking to? What? Who's the boss spirit? The boss spirit is my spiritual committee. So everybody, all of us have a guardian angel. Everybody has a guardian angel. And as soon as your soul comes into the fetus, um, the, how would I say it? Um, the soul comes into the fetus and then the spiritual committee come in and they protect that fetus until it comes out, of course. And then it, it hangs around with you for all of your lifetime. But sometimes the soul, the, the soul in your body might not be supporting good things in your life. It can support illness. It can support divorce. It can support, you know, it comes in to repeat a pattern that it was repeating before. So just say someone gets divorced, mm. right? And the woman that's divorced is all upset and, you know, lonely and, and your man is off having a great time. So when that girl comes to me, I will make sure all vows, contracts are cleared from past lives so that she's no longer saying, oh, I made a vow. I, I'm locked into this vow. So you free up the soul and you free the, the, the memories from the soul, from past lives. So what you're doing is you're clearing the soul of all negative programming. And you're downloading positive programming so that the person can have a better life. And you're clearing the active memories and the body memories. And things are getting easier for that person then when they can move on. Do you ever have anyone in, in that situation you'd say, if you want such a cunt, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Well, I'd, be one or two. I'd be very discreet, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really and truly, it can be very, very traumatic for people. And once you clear the memories, even people now that get so raped. So do you not believe in God? I do, yeah. I have a spiritual committee. But my spiritual committee is tapped into God. You tap into the Godhead before you actually start work. So do you believe God as in God, like, what? If you is God to you? God is the Godhead energy, the God overall. Buddha, every religion to me, is just a belief in something, right? Everyone has to have a belief in something. So I just, when I do my charts, before I start, I make sure I'm tapped into the Godhead. And I literally say, Spirit and I are one, or the Father and I are one. And sometimes if it's something's really hard to clear, the one way you will get it done is in Jesus' name. And the man that taught us, say, body talk, he said, now I know you're all going to go mad over this, but I'm telling you, he said, I know a lot of the ardent religious but in Jesus' name, you can do anything and you can clear the worst of spirits. Well, I've almost said it. Maybe Jesus is my favorite Jesus of all well, time. No <laughs> one's going to tell me anything. Hang on to him. <laughs> no one's going to tell me anything. And but it is. What about the auras and all that? Do you so when you, when you first time you met this man here, what, what aura do you see? He reminds me of Eamon. Yes. Eamon Killale. Friend of Elizabeth. He is so, I'm telling you, you're like his brother. Now, he's passed on. He was one of our best Jesus men. Marvin. He was lovely. No, he was lovely. Um, you're very, very like him. Isn't he, Martina? Definitely. <sighs> Image. Yeah. So when I, I, well, I mean, I can't really because what I do, right, is I don't make up my mind on anything. I ask on the charts. I have a pendulum, right? And on the pen with, with the pendulum, I say, how long to prep you to work? So if it said three or four, you have blocks and interferences and negative motivations and openings in your aura. You see, everybody thinks that they have um, four bodies, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. But we have 32 bodies. So we're so much more than just... Thank God we have, don't have to dress them. <laughs> we're, so, we're so much more <laughs> than just a human. We're not humans. We're spiritual beings inhabiting this body. 
we're actually our souls the soul there's never a dies saying that, uh, there's a the saying, soul goes um, but just come back you're not a human having a spiritual experience you're a spirit having a human experience yes exactly and we're in a big school room here and matrix yeah and whatever <laughs> and Neo. you go through a hard time in life it's actually to teach you something it's not to bring you down it's to make you stronger you know so you're um what would you call it that experience you had david you probably learned a lot from it. <laughs> yeah, but how, how come you, like, with, with that kind of stuff, would you never be dying to do, like, DMT or, dr- like, mushrooms or... No. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't need to. I don't, you see, it, look, back years ago, I would have been, I hated school, as you know. I hated school, every aspect of school. And I'd be very good. I hate maths, but I'm brilliant at hum- numerology. What's that? Numerology, you know. Um, numbers, power numbers, and remember I was saying 2-2, two, two, 22 was your house, 22 is foundations, the number of David's house was 22, and now he's after buying a car with 2-2, two, 2-2 two, two, two on it, right? So twos. I end up with the twos. <laughs> Good yeah, foundation, two, David. Yeah, but the twos, you see, like, numbers kind of follow you around, but you know? But it's funny, years ago, Elizabeth is my godmother, mm. and years ago, back like before I ever done a video, or I ever had a phone, Elizabeth used to say, Mad things to me. Yeah. She'd say, Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be famous and yeah. you're gonna I always told David he was gonna be famous, yeah. Because yeah, you always had, were a character and you were always very funny. Yeah. It's not for you didn't tell me not to be a fucking eager for so long. No, I <laughs> get to go through that, David. Yeah, you have to like learn. D- David was always very flamboyant. You know, very flamboyant, very different. Yeah. Like when we'd when he'd come <laughs> home, when we'd go home in the evening times, David could be doing something in our house. He'd have eyeliner on him. And the girls got such oh, a... I never had eyeliner. You had eyeliner on. You were painting our house one evening. <laughs> it was a black paint. You were painting oh, our house. There's and a big he difference. had. So yeah, you have to be clear when you're having conversations like this. Because oh. now everyone there is like, oh, <laughs> could you wore fucking eyeliner? The hair oh, was all <laughs> down like this, all here at one side, and the eyeliner on him. He was so. Now it was brilliant. <laughs> he was like a goth. <laughs> oh, but it was very good. Got. I did have weird hair. Your but hair it's was only lovely. because I didn't care. But you were right. But I always knew, because when David was very, very young, say he was doing his leaving cert. Do you remember you came down to, uh, down to in, the o- in the new house now? You came down one day after painting the face of a horse. Yeah. I was just blown away by that. He, drew it, he did it with a pencil. Mm. And I wanted David to go to art college. Do you remember that? I he said, David, good, you yeah. need to yeah. go to art college. And in school, that's all I was working towards. Yeah. Because I was shit at maths and I was shit at Irish. And the only thing I was good at was art. Art. It's brilliant at art. Stuff like that. But uh, my whole perception changed in leaving search. Oh, the, the accident. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was very. But that's what I'm saying, David. That changed you. Yeah, there was a. Because was it in, happening? In my class, there was a, yeah. a few people killed on yeah. our leaving cert. There was a. There was five people killed from around our community in one, in one, one crash. crash. It was a horrible thing. Yeah. And it just when you're young, and you think you're gonna live forever, <coughs> and then <coughs> it hits you like a freight train. Oh, any of us. Yeah. Any of us could die. Yeah. You kind of go, and it's so easy, especially for young men. You can get very not care about life and what's the point and get very nihilistic very easy that's a dangerous road as a young lad no, that's I why think you should live your life to the fullest yeah but when you're when you're 16, 17 you should be thinking about the future as yes. well you know yeah. not just living for the day yeah. it you know, you, 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 yeah. there's, a, there's a happy medium so you kind of go ugh fuck it yeah. yeah but it brings you into an awareness like you know of how fragile life is it is and you know, when, when someone passes as well, there's no time in spirit. You know, so if um, somebody dies, 
30 years ago, it's like yesterday to them. You know, there's no time. Are you afraid of dying? Me. I'm not afraid of dying. No, I'm not. Because I know, like, that I'll just go off. <laughs> and no, I'll come back. I another 10 or 20 years. It's rare. <laughs> Get the kids up. I'm yeah, the same. I'd, I'd like, yeah, I'd like to live until I was... I'd like to live until I'm healthy to stay living. But if I'm not healthy, I'd rather just die. Put me down. Mm. I don't Maybe want anybody same. to have to mind me or yeah. look after me. I do not want my kids to have to do that for it's me. It's not like a good heart attack when they're ready to go. Yeah. No, I think you that when you get to a certain age, if you feel you're not able to go anymore, they should be yeah. able to give you that injection to let you. Yeah, I on. totally believe in it. Mm. Well, I don't ever want to die. And while I'm coherent, I want to upload myself to Neuralink and... <laughs> I want to be sent off in some sort of rocket or satellite off into the universe. <laughs> Mars. No, the no. further off you go, further the younger off. you get. As far as I can go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, girls, that was that was great. I think uh, you know when you're talking to your family, you could talk all day long. That's true. But I thought it was only fair to get the girls in because everyone was saying, "Oh, you don't care about your sisters." And I love all my sisters. <laughs> We love you, you too. We love you. Ah. <laughs> Go on. You know we do. David, you're great. You're brilliant. We love you. Do you, do you remember? Stroke uh, his ego. But I, I've let you down so many times, though. You never let us yeah. down. Ah. Do, you, when, do you remember, when was it? Was it March 21st? Yeah. I boxed one of Paddy's friends just for half nothing, like. I know, yeah. Asher, listen, like, everyone does stupid things and they're veering them, like, you know what I mean? Like, but... Actually, listen, that was back then, like, you know. Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. But anyway, um, that was great. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. And I will see you all next week. Say good luck, girls. See you. Bye, bye, bye now. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>